Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to Lamp Strikes After Dark, your favorite podcast about the Ole Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Today we're going to talk about Ole Miss's 48-28 to win over Memphis and Vaught-Hemingway. Uh, look around college football this week and uh, look ahead to Ole Miss's bye weekend and see you know what other games are on the schedule and a couple weird lines on the books right now. We'll talk about those. Joining me, as always, my co-host, John Stefanczyk. What's up, John? How you doing, buddy? Not much. Just rolling along here Tuesday evening. Got the uh, AL wild card game to see who nice. my Rangers are going to play. Yeah. I want the Blue Jays. I want uh, I want war. I want to be entertained. If the Rangers blow it in the first round of the playoffs, it's not going to devastate me or anything. I really, it'll yeah. just be, I'll it's, be amused. It's football season, so baseball exactly. is just pure pure land yap at this point. I mean, I guess this subset the Rangers baseball division series will substitute Ole Miss for the weekend, sort of, but not, I really don't care. Yeah, there's some decent there's some decent college games, and, I mean, I'll be watching a lot of NFL on Sunday. and then uh, Not a great slate, decent slate of games. Yeah, but, I mean, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to be glued to the TV. A really, a really interesting Tennessee-Texas A&M game that we'll get to. Yes, but yeah, that's, that's that. huge. Um, looks like what the, the Cubs start on Saturday – in the division series or Friday, yeah. sorry, on Friday. For, yeah, for, it says uh, Friday, October seventh. I think the NL starts Friday. The AL starts Thursday. Is my understanding. Yeah, so that's uh, that'll be something to do this weekend as well. Thanks for reminding me about that. Um, so yeah, let's get into it, John. I mentioned uh, Hugh Freeze got a little revenge on. It's not even little brother. It's kind of like your your second cousin that hates your guts and you don't really even Did you see, you really did you see what Bjork put on Twitter to no. the people saying he was an idiot for scheduling the game? What did he, what did he say? You know, Bjork was, you know, I'd already got on about being an operations idiot and then he defends playing Memphis saying, oh, we shouldn't be afraid to play anybody. Ross, it's 18-year-old kids. They're not going to get motivated the same for every game. Exactly. Why go play Memphis and their version of the Super Bowl when we don't even want to give them the time of day? Exactly. I mean, we're, There's we're, nobody to recruit in Memphis, Ross. Like, where are all the great Memphis players? No, and even if even if there were people to recruit in Memphis, I don't think we have to play them to overcome you know the recruiting differences in Ole Miss and Memphis. That that's just silly. I mean, it goes into what we've been talking about, Ross, for a while now, and he refuses to admit when he's made a mistake and. You know, sometimes in a leader, that's a good trait to have. But as, you know, as the type of fans that we are, John, I think we see ourselves as a little bit um, information-wise. We're high information, um, and and we probably get annoyed when Ross Bjork refuses to admit that he made a mistake like, you know, not having enough water bottles or scheduling a Memphis team that only wants to beat Ole Miss, whereas we're just looking for, you know, a non-SEC game to kind of take a breather on. It's a bad deal. Um Obviously, this Memphis team, not quite the team they had last year, although I think it helped a lot to have them in Vaught-Hemingway as opposed to on the road to Memphis. Obviously, our team was reminded last season that they can't just you know sleepwalk through a date with Memphis. I thought their quarterback was pretty good, though. Um, 
maybe he'll be as good as Lynch in time, the Riley Ferguson kid. I thought overall Memphis played a good game. They're a good offense. They're a pretty good team, which is why you don't play them because there's no, nobody else. <laughs> they're a good team and they care and they want to beat us. Yeah. So, anyway. Now we've got that. I mean, I thought the offense was good. There's a couple things here and there. Nobody's going to play a perfect game. When they got to 27-21, they went right down the field, responded. They put up points. They Brasley had a really good night. We'll see if that can can is it just a flash in the pan or is this or is it a running game that can start to translate over to other opponents? Well, it's a combination. You're not going to play defensive lines as talented as Florida State and Alabama. You're also kind of getting gelled together as an offense more. Yeah. And, no one will ever know what the real answer is. But. And obviously early in the game, Ole Miss had a lot of success passing the ball that opened up some of those those running lanes later on. And I kind of like having Brasley you know, in the tank for those second-half runs when the defense is a little worn down because he does have that second gear. Uh, you saw it on his first touchdown run. He was running to the outside. He kind of did the stutter step and then sped to the to the pylon. And I, I think against a tired defense, especially one that's keen on the pass, he can really exploit them. Obviously, I think Judd is still your starter. You know, I saw people saying that Brasley played like a featured back, but I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. He's not a he. He and Judd complement each other. They can right, each exactly. carry the ball in different times. ways. Yeah, yeah. They're different runners, but yeah, they have. They do kind of come each other fairly well. Hopefully, Peniman's back sooner rather than later because he that, was starting that hamstring to injury. Yeah, bye week comes at a good time. I mean, ri- 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 uh, we'll finish up wrapping up the Memphis game, and we'll get into kind of moving forward. Yeah, yeah. The offense was dominant. The Memphis game is how this team is going to have to play. The offense controls things. They manage time of possession well. They didn't have to go fast, fast, fast all the time. The defense, the front four, you know, we keep saying that the front four is good, but they're not as deep as we'd like them. No yeah. the problem. Young and, blood, young blood gets pushed around. They run right at him, and we saw the same thing with right uh, Gates. Gates being out, uh, Taylor Polk was the starting linebacker, and they just kind of abused him, pushed him back over and over. That's, no, that's, they were planning on having ideally both at least one of Jonathan Kongbo or Jeffrey Simmons on that yeah. on the D line. Well, they yeah, they really thought they were getting Simmons, and they thought Kongbo was a potential, you know, just boon, but yeah. This they, is strictly from a football standpoint, off the field stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, and this was obviously before we knew that he was going to do that. I mean, but yeah, yeah. They, they thought they were going to have a, uh, a clean record Jeffrey Simmons on this defensive line, and neither came to pass. So they, I mean, they're thin up there. Linebacker, I mean, John Maneo is a total bust. There's yeah. No other way. yeah, I mean, it's almost like it's almost like recruiting a one in eleven team's best player still probably isn't that good of a player. It's almost like that makes sense or something. <laughs> um, John, I got a question for you. Who left on yes. Ole Miss's schedule? Can they beat scoring less than thirty five points? Ooh. Ooh, this is good. Maybe Vanderbilt, maybe, Arkansas, maybe State. I don't, I don't know about that, man. It would be, it'd be close to thirty-five, but they. Arkansas is going to hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, find the underneath route, hit the tight end, hit the running back, and just run for eight yards over and over. They're gonna have thirty. They're, no, they're gonna have forty minutes of possession. They're gonna score a lot of points on us, I think. 
Uh, that it's going to be a tough. I mean, there's not a game Ole Miss can't win on the rest of the schedule. But right, you're right. But, but they're going to have to score. There's going to be 40s. a lot. It's uh, 44-34 is the formula. I mm-hmm, mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Because Which, you kind of you kind of have to count on your defense giving up. I'd say at least 28, 21 big, to 28 is, big is expected. Memphis game was turnovers. They, they forced turnovers, and that's saw, huge. And they they got they have to keep that up. We need to be a gambling have, defense. And they they're struggling now. Gates back at linebacker will make them less a lot less crappier. But that's pretty much how that team's going to play. They're going to need to force some turnovers, make some stops. Offense dominates. Offense is going to have to control the clock and be able to go fast when they need to, but also slow down when they need to to control the clock. And then mm-hmm. linebacker spotty. I would I would move Tony Connor to linebacker. Yeah, that would be my bye week project. Because between yeah. Custis and Moore, AJ Moore, you can play. You got two guys at Husky, mm-hmm. but Connor, I'm I, because I, with his knee, Connor's looked better in Brewster, but they've also kind of limited his scenarios. Put it. That's that's what I think. The I'm guessing that's what Freeze is considering in the box. Yeah, and way. obviously they they don't want him covering you know slot receivers with with his oh. speed and his knee. So I I think it makes sense. And, I mean, if you thought that Connor was going to be able to make that transition in a two-week period, given where the bye week is and the struggles that Ole Miss has had in their matchups with linebackers on tight ends against Arkansas, I mean, it would make sense to try that change out now. I'm sure they're at least looking at it in practice. If if we see it or not, you know, come October 15th at Arkansas, it's probably going to be how good, you know, the transition went in practice, if it worked or not. Um, another possibility. What do you think about Marquise Haynes playing linebacker? Mm, no, they he, he's too, well. You you need him on third down for that speed rush, but he can cut. I mean, we see him dropping too, the coverage on stunts. You're too thin at defensive end to do that. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you had uh, what's his face back the domestic, but I don't. I think he's gonna redshirt Charles Wiley. He's redshirting. They really have a dearth of pass rushers. I mean. It, it like Gerard McDowell, Victor Evans. I mean, those are your. Besides, after Haynes, it's it's not good. Yeah, they don't. Have, I mean, that's. Yeah, they're thin up there. Like we said, to answer your question, they can score less than thirty-five and beat State. Same with Vanderbilt. Yeah, they're going to need to score to beat A and M. They can score thirty-five and beat Auburn probably, but. You know, who knows what Auburn's offense going to look like by that time? I think they will have gone through. Some I more think changes, they can probably. score under. They can score if they score twenty seven or more. They beat Auburn. Is my thing. I think my at thing. LSU you're going to need to score thirty five. I would agree. The LSU game is going to be interesting. Um, if they can stop the run decent, they'll be able to maintain that. Be able to handle that. But so here's a, here's another theory, John. The the two teams that have beat Ole Miss so far have indisputably had the best coaching on Ole Miss's schedule. Who do we think is left that presents that kind of challenge? A&M? Arkansas? I mean, I think Arkansas and A&M are probably the two it, strongest. Ar- Arkansas. Someone yeah. doesn't scare me from an X and O. Bielema knows how to exploit Freeze's weaknesses, and we've seen Bielema, that. Bielema, yeah. I, I, I think you look at this and say it's a bye week. Freeze has gotten beat by Bielema two years in a row. Yeah. I mean, this should be a game where they're they're motivated, they're focused, and and uh, Arkansas is coming off will be coming off Alabama. Yeah. So, 
I think Ole Miss, I expect Ole Miss to beat Arkansas. It's it's going to be. I think it'll be a good game. It'll be close. I think it'll be a, a real fight. We'll see. I mean, we'll have a, we'll talk about it more next week. Obviously, we'll have a episode after the bye week and really get into Arkansas more. I mean, I'm sure we'll be repeating yeah. ourselves, but I, I'm already nervous about it. That Arkansas game last year, from the very start, it was just that, that feeling in the bottom of your stomach, like, oh god, what have we done? This is an awful matchup for Freeze. This is this is just awful. Like Freeze got yeah. took. To, like, yeah, it was a close game last year, and they won in overtime, but Ole Miss was by far the better team talent-wise. Freeze got schooled last year by Bielema, my opinion. Womack, Womack got schooled by Bielema. Tenth, tenth game in a row for that team. Yeah, no, you're right, and we talked about that at the time, too. It was definitely a factor, but they just needed one stop. Couldn't come up with it. Well, I think they in overtime they stepped up and got the stop, and then fourth yeah. and 25 Hay- happened. That happened, and then Haynes, and then the Haynes had the face, face mask. Which... It was just one yeah. of the, but anyway. That's that was the that was the it, turning it's not, point. It's going to be season. a tight game. I think Ole Miss finds just have. I mean, a and M beat Arkansas by just basically having more firepower than they can handle. I haven't I, watched an a, an Arkansas game yet this season, but I know they replaced a lot. Obviously, Brandon Allen is replaced by his little brother. They lost it on that D line. They lost both the running backs, but that running back that Ole Miss was actually. He was committed to Ole Miss for a long time, and then Amer- apparently Ole Miss told him to look elsewhere. He's like they're their well feature back coach, now. They're well-coached, but they're, they're not any better than they were last year. Okay. They're, 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 Al, Austin Allen's not as good as his brother. There's no, Williams, there's no good, Hunter Henry. great. His tight end's decent. Keon Hatcher's pretty good. I think if Ole Miss, as long as they can not give up stupid underneath routes, which we'll see. I think wow, they, Arkansas, is, uh, they're 16 right now. They're ranked 16th. That's pretty good. Yep. I mean, everybody gets a boost before they play Alabama, right? Something like that. Um, that's another thing. So, every Alabama game from here on out, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're cheering for the other team. That's That goes without saying, right? I mean, at Arkansas, we're hoping for an upset, for sure. I wouldn't waste a whole lot of effort really focused on people trying to beat out. Beat out. And look, oh, this whole John, you're gonna look really, three-way tie at you're gonna 7-1. Look, you're going to look silly, John. That's I'm telling you, man. Guys. You're going to look silly. At Arkansas, at Tennessee versus A&M, they're going to drop one of those. No doubt. They're not, they're not losing two. We'll see. Lose two. We'll see. We don't, they don't have to lose two. There's there's a path, if, even if they only lose one. We have to beat it. Tennessee beating Georgia screwed that up pretty hard. It did. It did hurt it. But if A&M beats them and we beat A&M, it comes down to Kentucky's record, which is going to cancel out Vandy's record for us. Um, and then we get Georgia's record versus Tennessee's record. I mean, yeah, Tennessee got the, the head-to-head, but Tennessee could still falter. I don't know. Uh, I'm not spending one second looking at that. I'm just wait, thinking about that. I'm just going to tell you. Well, right. a lot of us are, John, and this is an Ole Miss uh, football-themed podcast. So I'm sure people want to uh, consider the possibility that Ole Miss isn't totally out of the SEC title hunt. Oh, that's cute, everybody. That's cute. John, you act like uh, 4th and 25 wasn't the reason Ole Miss didn't go to Atlanta last year. Like, it was that close. Like, it, it could happen. I'm not convinced they beat LSU and State the way they did if they somehow won that Arkansas game. <laughs> I, can't make that. You can't, I guess, man, but we, we still got that. We still got the bye week after Arkansas. I mean, that that was going to happen regardless of what happened in the Arkansas game. Um, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I, I'm just saying I'll be watching Alabama at Arkansas at six on Saturday. I mean, that's that's one of four chances I'd say Alabama has to lose left on the schedule. 
I will be, and I expect Alabama to go. Well, we'll see what they what they can come up with. I mean, we've and seen it, we've seen Barrett play uh, Saban close the last two years. Yep. So I mean, maybe maybe it'll be a good game at least. Yep. We'll see. I, I'm just I'm tempering expectations. We'll see what sure, happens. Sure, sure, sure. And that so. and hey, as you should. Um. Recapping last week, uh, we'll quickly run through. I want to go. I want to add on a few games outside the SEC because I think the playoff picture is really straightforward, unless one of the these teams loses that list. Okay. Washington beat the crap out of Stanford, just yeah. absolutely demolished. Forty-four to seven, so they owned them. Yeah, Alabama slept walk against Kentucky. Ohio State steamrolled. Louisville, I mean, Clemson held on to beat Louisville in an entertaining game, but watching Bobby Petrino team sulk after a loss is, is an exceptional pastime, and this that was reinforced. Yeah, no, it, man, they were so close. You saw that play like where Jackson almost got the first, but he like went out of bounds or whatever on fourth down. They were yeah, that was that a was, close game. That was the Bobby Petrino way to lose a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wisconsin's offense is just so the passing game is so sad to watch. Michigan's good, not great. Ole Miss would beat Michigan if they lined up and played. I, I would pretty- think, yeah. Tennessee, Georgia. Well, A and M kind of slept walk against South Carolina, which didn't surprise me. Um, I think A and M's good, not great. But they were on the road. They're looking ahead. They're to on Tennessee. the road. I-, I wasn't surprised they swept slept walk. Yeah, big game coming up in Tennessee, but. First, Tennessee had to get past Georgia, and I had given up on that game, and apparently this game get blown three times. Yeah, I I saw a replay, and I saw highlights. Just what the hell are you doing, Kirby? So I was flipping back to the Ryder Cup and watched Lee Westwood miss the hole from two feet to give the Americans three-point lead Saturday night, and then go to the Ole Miss kickoff, and I'm just sitting there following this going, what in the hell? Because... (laughs) Easton getting sacked in the end zone was such a bonehead freshman move. Yep. And then, but Tennessee can't burn, put, can't run the clock out. They let a guy get behind them, and then I guess they committed a. I guess Georgia taunted, and then an illegal procedure, and Tennessee ran it back. Long story short, Tennessee gets the ball at the Georgia forty-three. Mm-hmm. I mean, theoretically, they should never have a throw in the end zone. But well, I, was, I, mean, I was wondering that because there were like four seconds when they kicked it off, right? How did they get that field position? When, uh, it was ten when they kicked it off. Oh, okay. I thought it was a lot less four than that. Threw it, so there's six seconds for the kickoff return. Okay, Tennessee that makes sense. had enough time for a kickoff return and one throw. Right. And the penalty, the two penalties, both the taunting and the illegal procedure, basically gave them uh, hard, uh, a firm 20 yards, really, because the, the field boundary is probably giving more like 25, 30 yards, because your return is going to be greater when the guy's kicking from the 20 as opposed to the. Yeah. To the. Uh, End zone. Five. So that's the key. That, that was nuts. Um, Butch Jones is the new Les Miles. That's a popular narrative. I think it's accurate. Luckiest man in football. Uh, you, you know, they, he was crying after that game. He, he's just thinking about how terrible hell's going to have to be after this many luck. Like, he sold his soul for this. And, like, I don't know. I, I think he's just realizing, like, wow, I've I've really done this. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna win these narrow games, and then one day I'm going to have to be Satan's uh, eternal servant. And so I'm going to make a wild. I'm going to make. I'm going to go ahead and just make this Tennessee prediction. This is off the cuff. Next, you know, what, you know what mine is, but you do yours first. 
they lose in College Station, yes. and then they turn around and beat Alabama at home. Yes, I love I love both those predictions. Then A and M beats Alabama. I love this. And then that would just be hysterical. If that and happened. then we go to Atlanta after we beat. And then A&M. we bullshit our way to Atlanta. It'd be so much fun. Yes, that would be hysterical and amazing. T- Tennessee, man, that's okay. Yeah, we're talking about the slate this weekend. That A and M Tennessee game, that's a must watch. Because, like, I just, I don't know. That's that's the battle of what I think of as two not very good coaches that have won a lot of games this year. So we're going to see. We're going to see who's a good coach and who's not, I guess. Tennessee, man. Yeah. Ah, go ahead. Michigan State losing on the road to Indiana. They're blood. Texas, Texas has got issues on defense. Vanderbilt's offense this should be, like, torture to watch. It's awful. So what's going on with Florida? I I didn't see that game. Uh, there it was a noon game in Nashville, and Vandy has a good enough defense to sleepwalk you. I mean, mm-hmm. and they're and they 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 were going to punch it in and put the game away at the end and fumbled. I mean, it should have been twenty to six. So that's Whatever. so that's uh. What do you? So we'll get to lines in a second, but yeah, obviously something weird is going on. And Florida, they got LSU favored by three going to Gainesville this weekend. I mean, LSU looked good in their in their win over Mizzou, huh? That's that's a that's a coin flip game. I mean, three I mean, is about or, right. Or, or Geron's going to motivate him, but is he really going to make him like better? They don't have. They still don't have a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. So the old the old Miss LSU game is going to be interesting with yeah. going to the Valley against Orgeron, but um. It yeah, will definitely be interesting. They'll be better, but not. Who knows? I don't. We'll see what they end up doing. I don't. I don't think they're going to be world beaters. They'll be pretty good. They'll they'll get up and and uh, beat Alabama for us, right? Yeah, if that if that happens, it'd be. Well, did you see? Did you see that? Was no, reported. That, that, that should be Ed Orgeron's apology to Ole Miss for being so god awful. Yeah, from they get him to Atlanta. No, that was uh, so. They reported on today that a source from LSU's uh, like board of trustees or whatever said yep. that if Orgeron was to beat Alabama, they would draft up the extension that night. That's that's absurd. There's no way. I mean, I kind of believe it. That's how bad LSU would love to get an Alabama win this year. Like, tell Orgeron that now. Why not? And have him coach him for his job. Why not? I mean, yeah, I agree a, it's a bad idea. Jimbo was distracted with LSU boosters this week and lost that game in North Carolina. Interesting, I think he, interesting. I think, he, I think he stays at Florida State, but he was getting he's negotiating his new extension, his new yeah, rate. I, he's he gonna, gets a, he's, yeah. he's going to make eight, an additional eight figures out of of the deal. So that's what Jimbo was up to. He wasn't coaching his team. I, I imagine Jimbo would like to be the second highest paid coach in college football. I would agree. And I, mean, uh, I, I think Florida State has the resources to get him there. I mean, Jimbo was off doing that. Interesting other head coaching. I'm convinced that Bill Belichick threw the Pats game this past weekend, just to, not to get us off topic. But what, what's, the, what's his motivation for that? Well, nobody's asking a question at all about Brady coming back. And also, he doesn't have to go chase a perfect record. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. That that, he, that does he, he take some pressure to do it off. Once and realize it's not it's, it's not worth it. That's an interesting perspective. So the, and, and the Bills aren't going to win more than seven games, so this is the perfect game to throw, and it That's, gets the team's attention. That is interesting. Okay, good to know. I I, did, I didn't watch that game either, but uh, I assume Jacoby Brissett didn't play great. Well, he got beat sixteen to nothing. There's nothing pretty about that. Yeah, that's, I saw but, that final. Yeah, that's a thrown game score if I ever heard one. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Was there a safety in there? 
no, it was a touchdown, three field goals. Three field goals, yeah. Um, so we talked about South Carolina and um, Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky, Alabama. Alabama wins thirty-four to six. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky was up three nothing in the first. That was fun for like five minutes. Um, I mean, yeah, it was a it was a quiet week in the SEC for the most part. Um, no, no upsets or anything like that. Besides that, that Tennessee Hail Mary craziness. The Tennessee Georgia game was nuts, but yeah. Um. Well, I don't know. Do you want to move on to lines for this upcoming weekend? Yeah, I was going to say, let's talk about next week. Okay. This upcoming weekend. Let's go ahead. I'm going through my book here. Um, What's Clemson, BC? I was going to, yeah, I was wondering if you wanted to hear that one. We got Clemson minus 17 at Boston College. Um, I take Boston College on that. I think BC, because Clemson, Clemson wins the game. It's a short week. They're coming off an emotional win against Louisville. So they got the spread at 17. The over-under is at a, a paltry 43. Ooh, give me. Yeah. I want to say give me the over, but I know BC's got those to. defenses. They can play defense there. I think Clemson has is focused and has gotten their team in sync and put in a yeah, better they, Yeah, they looked oh. good. And they were resilient. They were down uh, against Louisville, and they bounced back. You know, they're, they have a ton of pieces, ton of talent. I think Dabo's a good coach. So I got a question. Yeah. If the Red River rivalry game happens on FS1, did it happen? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good question. What? That's a new low for the for that game right now. They can't even get on Big Fox. They're just like eh, FS1. Yeah, I I feel like Fox sometimes shuttles these these games to FS1 in an attempt to make FS1 seem more legitimate. But yeah, nobody that's, that's watches sad. FS1. That's sad. Except yeah. when I see the Skip Bayless thing, like the new Undisputed show yeah. ad, when I'm watching NFL football, mm-hmm. like that's it. Yeah, those ads are those ads are great. Big Fox shows Washington, Oregon over the Red River game. Wow, no, that's crazy. Not a bad because Washington's got to go on the road now. Yeah, I think Washington. Oh, Oregon oh, oh, a good game. Here's the playoff scenario, real quick. Okay, yeah, is you didn't. You didn't tell Alabama, it. it's SEC champ, aka Alabama. Okay. It's Big Ten champ, aka Ohio State. It's ACC champ. I mean, uh, Clemson most likely. Yeah. And then the the last spot is a is it Washington? Is it Louisville? Is it Houston? Washington, Louisville, Houston. Yeah, those are all good possibilities. One of those three. One of those teams. John, what if what if a can get in? I I think there's a small possibility that Tennessee and Alabama could both make it. If Tennessee beat Alabama and then Alabama won the championship game or vice versa. If Tennessee went undefeated regular season like lost the SEC yeah, championship. Yeah, or, or the opposite. Yeah, if Alabama uh, went undefeated yeah, and then Tennessee won the championship it, game, it's possible. One, one loss version of them that they were one-on-one against each other. The playoff, the playoff rankings, when they start coming put, out, put, put, will tell us four. a lot. Well, would you put that team in over undefeated Washington? I probably not. Probably not. That's not really fair to the whole Power Five thing. I mean, I think I think it's obvious that we have to expand this. The four teams is not enough. Ooh, ooh. Well, here, here, here. Here's the thing. You tell, um, you tell the SEC team that loses the championship game, you're going to say, well, you know, championships matter. That's what they said last year. Exactly. It, it may depend on the sequencing. Let's say. No, you're you're right. You're, the undefeated team loses the championship know. game. That's when it gets interesting. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. 
Um, but yeah, Washington undefeated. Washington is going to be really hard to keep out. I mean, the Pac-12 is a power five conference. Bad though, their schedule's bad. It's not. It's not pretty. They're going to yeah, get two. But, they're going to get two ranked teams out of this whole thing. Stanford and then maybe power Utah. five team. Undefeated power five team is an undefeated power five team. I think they're good. I think they deserve to be in. But who knows? I mean, I think we'll we see need. What, I think we need eight teams, or at the very least six, with the five power five champions and an alternate. I mean, they, I think you go. You go eight. Well, no, you could go. You could oh, go so six and give oh, two wait, people wait, buys. I, did, I did sign the six. Never mind. The five Power Five conference champs plus the committee picks the next the uh, the best non Power Five team, which in this case this year would be, would Houston. be Houston. Yeah, I think that would work pretty well. Really and then wait, but top, the problem two, is, you, well, you seed them one to six. Top two get buys. Well, also the problem in that situation is this year we end up with who Arizona State. I mean, who's the Big Twelve this year? Bay. Oh, the Big Twelve. Yeah, that's the problem, right? Is like if you move to a direct power five to slot ratio, you're going to end up with some just total ass like Big Twelve slash Big Ten slash Pac twelve. Theoretically, Oklahoma the answer to that, and it may still be Oklahoma, but they got. I mean, they already got whipped twice. So yeah, so that's not great. That's that wouldn't yeah. be great for the playoff. Nope. Um. Yeah, wait. So talking about the the Red River the Red River Showdown. I mean, what what's your prediction for that game? Let me let me pull up a line for it. Ooh, Oklahoma. Yeah, that's uh, Oklahoma minus ten and a half. Texas looked pretty bad this last weekend, huh? Yeah, I think Oklahoma wins that game. It's it's yeah, it's at Oklahoma. LSU Florida at noontime. What's the so LSU minus three. LSU minus three in Gainesville at noon. That's that line is exactly right. Give it's me exactly the game. right. Give me the Gators at home in that. Interesting, yeah. I mean, hmm. the coaching capacity of Orgeron versus McElwain. I also it, think they they got up for Orgeron's first game, and they had that big win against Missouri. They probably let up. Missouri's a not this a week. good team. Reality. Yeah, they probably got a little cocky with a forty-four to seven win, and they might have coasted some this week. I wouldn't be surprised. Who who is? I mean, LSU lost to Wisconsin on the road in Lambeau. What else have they played on the road? Auburn. They lost to Auburn on the road. Yep. I mean, that's it so far this season, right? They haven't really played well away from home. Or well at all, honestly, but... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's really a well. whole new team with Orgeron, right? Um, yep. Let's see. Auburn State. Yeah, so that's another interesting line. I think it opened at, like, State minus 1.5, and now it's moved to, like, Auburn minus 3 or something like that. I mean, it's a new say, game. State can't be favored in that game. It's Auburn minus 2.5 right now in my book. It's, I if mean, it's Auburn minus 2.5, jump all over that. I want that I want that under 54.5 is what I want. Yes. Yeah. I Auburn, mean, go ahead. Auburn minus 2.5 in the under. I like that parlay in that game yeah i mean that's good i i i could maybe see state find i mean they've beaten auburn like three out of the last four i think at least two out of the last three um it's it's gonna be really tough with auburn's uh defensive line against state's offensive line that's a really bad matchup i think i think auburn's front seven controls the game yeah that I'm going to be interested. I, I want to see if Malzahn keeps changing up the offense as the season goes on. I mean, he keeps trying to innovate. I, I'll be interested to see. Yeah, we'll see what he does. Um, obviously, I mean, it actually, he probably shouldn't change it for this week because with State secondary, he should just have Sean White out there slinging the ball. But, he, scores uh, tw- he scores 20 points. He wins. He's winning the game. I would think so. But I think he scores 17. He wins the game, honestly. I would think so. Um, I yeah, that'll be something to watch. I mean, at least it's an 11 a.m. game with West rivals. I mean, that's something 
This is one right here. Vanderbilt at Kentucky. Kentucky minus three. I honestly like Vanderbilt plus three on that one. Well, we're rooting for Vanderbilt. Is that what our tiebreaker theory says we uh, have to do? Yes, so root for, yes. The tiebreaker theory says root for Vanderbilt. Uh, also, under 51.5 seems uh, very likely in that game. I think Vandy can go in there and win for us. Yeah, I mean, Vandy's defense can do it for sure. They just got to not get too tired by, you know, dumb Yeah, this is a pretty good Mason. SEC weekend, really. LSU Florida is interesting. Auburn State's interesting. Tennessee, Texas A&M is going to be a great game. That's the, that's two, the that's the 2.30 game. So right after Auburn now, State. These aren't two elite teams. They're no, good but they're teams, two undefeated not, teams. But I mean, it'll be a really interesting game because. A lot to play for. Can Dobbs score efficiently against A&M's defense? And no. He cannot, just because Dobbs isn't that good. But think I mean, A&M. I think A&M wins this at home. Yeah, so we got A&M. That's another line that I thought was funky. A&M minus an entire touchdown at home. Oof. I know. That's a high line, but Oof. Vegas definitely likes the Aggies in this one. I don't know if they're a touchdown favorite. I mean, dude, the, the Tennessee money line is plus 235. Like, they're, they're begging people to pick Tennessee in this one. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting right there, honestly. Someone's record in Kyle Field, though, is not worth <laughs> no. it. It's but just, what is Butch Jones's road record against SEC West opponents? Probably really bad. I think we have enough data to confirm the Golden Horseshoe is up there. Right? Yeah, it's no, it's straight up there. But, I I mean, we've all seen what happens. Like, we saw Auburn get throttled in the national championship at some point. Butch is going to have to pay for all the They didn't luck. get throttled the national championship. They had the game with 30 seconds left. You're right. I didn't, throttle's not the right word. We saw, we saw their luck run out, I should say. And that's what's going to happen in Tennessee. Yeah, but that's like... I don't think it'll be in the national championship yeah. game either. I, I think they'll lose this weekend, like you said. <coughs> um, yeah. Let's see. You mentioned yeah. Washington, Oregon. Washington, minus eight and a half at Oregon. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I don't think Oregon's very good. What's the Alabama Arky line? Um, let's see here. Alabama minus 14 at Arkansas. Give me the Hogs. Yeah. Hogs make that keep that interesting. What's the over-under? 49. That's, that's interesting. That's about right. That's real low. Uh, hmm. I, I, I think over that. I, well... Yeah, yeah, I, I, agree. I, I don't think that Alabama's defense is quite what it's been in the past. If you it's athletic, but you can throw on it. Yeah, definitely true. <coughs> um, that's going to be a good one, too. I mean, yeah, like you said, there's games in every slot to uh, to hold your attention, I'd say. FSU Miami is a really not a good ABC game because yeah. FSU just said F it. And that's another that's yeah. another funky line. Miami I minus watched, three. Miami being ranked 10 is like the biggest joke I've ever seen. I mean, they're not bad, but they're not good. I mean. Yeah. No, I, I haven't watched Miami this year, but I, I don't know. It would be fun if they – if they, like, like wasn't that you were saying that earlier? If they uh, someone else might have said that to me. If uh, Miami wins out and Georgia just gets the you know, left at home with uh, what an eight and four, seven and five record, that'd be really funny. Um, I I think I like Miami to win that one. Like you said, Florida State isn't really you know in the game right now. I'd say uh, from coaches all the way down. Um, Georgia minus seven and a half at South Carolina. I mean, South Carolina could easily cover that. Yep. Um, wouldn't be surprised at all. 
Did we already talk about that? Am I repeating myself? I see I just scrolled uh, up. No, no, that was new. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I got out of order there. I think we went through most of the lines, though. I think we hit everything. Uh, all right, what should we talk about now, John? U.S. whipped some ass in the Ryder Cup. Oh, I, yeah, I heard about that. Obviously not a golf fan, so why don't you, why don't you, why don't you regale uh, the listeners with the Ryder Cup details? So, the theme, so Europe has won, had won eight of the last ten, mm-hmm. and yes. because the Americans are a bunch of prima donnas, the PGA is a bunch of suits, there's no dis, there's a bunch of disconnect chemistry. So this, this past couple of years, the, F, the theme was basically we're going to form this task force, which mm-hmm. basically, basically Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson were like, we want more input. And they said, okay, our record's crap. You'll get it. So they basically worked with the PGA. They, they basically picked their captain, Davis Love, a guy who, who Davis gets along with. He was the captain in 2012 when they blew a four-point lead at Medina. <laughs> but Davis is a guy that's very well-respected by the players. He appears. He's very – I'm trying to think of a good, like – he's um he's better than Mike Riley. He's like a uh, – He's a co you know, he he he's the I'm trying to think of a I'm trying to think of a good compare analogy for him, like the NFL coach that you know let's say he's Steve Nash. Kinda. Okay. All right. I don't know why. I'm with you. I'm following. But, but you know, he's he's very we respect in the league, got talent, never Davis Love didn't win a major Nash, so it's not a perfect analogy, but whatever. But he was a I remember Davis Love. I mean golfers liked him. He was he was always right there, not yeah. winning, but still doing okay. Maybe more of a Dirk Nowitzki because Nowitzki won a title. Anyway, yeah. anyway, sorry, got off track there. So, day, so they put a guy that's going to integrate the team, everybody respects, and then Tiger and Phil have been able to have a lot of input. Tiger apparently is, was very involved in the process, and they all the players, basically, they worked on team chemistry, this and that. They go out Friday morning and sweep the session, win, win four points to nothing, which is the first time they've swept a session since 1981, apparently. So... Instant success. Europe came back a little bit. Um, they came back a little bit in the afternoon. They got within a point Saturday morning. Saturday afternoon was a big kind of swinging point. Um, Lee Westwood, stalwart from England on the Europe side, missed a two-footer that would have won the match, ended up having the match. The U.S. goes into Sunday with a three-point lead. And then McElroy is the best player for Europe. He and Patrick Reed go out in the first match, and they're like out there yeah, – you need to Google some highlight clips here, Sanders, because they were out there taunting each other on the golf course. It was yeah. massively entertaining. Wait, so John, you got to explain to me: do the, do the normal golf rules like of crowd being polite and all that that just goes out the window for the Ryder Cup? It, the Ryder Cup really is actually right at it, more or less the correct threshold because there's a lot of noise. It's a very it's an electric atmosphere, and you'll cheer some for Europe and you cheer really loud for the Americans. It's not like F you go F yourself. There's like a handful of fans that do that and they get thrown out. So did you so like, see did you see that video of uh they were he was like heckling the European team and they invited yeah. him to come try the putt? That was hilarious. And the practice round and a guy made it. Yeah, I mean it's it's good natured bantering. And in in the McRoy reach, I mean that's what it uh it's kind of it's really kind of the in a lot of ways what sports should sports should be. <laughs> and it was, you know, it made you feel good about okay, these guys are having fun, but they're also being entertaining slash giving each other a hard time. Uh-huh. 
again, America's on top of Europe. We can forget about how dumb it's, our election is going to be for three days. It's the patriotism of the Olympics, but with sports people actually enjoy and care about. So, yeah, pretty much. I like that. That's cool. I mean, Ryder Cup's a fun event because you just get out there and you like you can yell and chant stuff and this and that and so it's a it's a it hits it hits a really good threshold, really good spot on kind of the seriousness versus sport axis essentially. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I, I enjoyed the the clips that I saw from it. It looked like a, a raucous uh, good time for sure. Maybe one day I'll uh, check that out. Like, golf tournaments are a lot more fun in person than on TV, I'd say. So I got a few minutes here, so you can yeah. wrap this up. And you can watch the vice presidential debate. Oh, it's all good. If I miss the first few minutes, I mean, it's just going to be you know the the dumb opening statements and all that. I'm not too worried about it. But um, the Cubs postseason, how um, how much on the air? Well, I guess both of our teams we uh, we have home we each have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the thing about the Cubs is I feel like they they clinched so long ago that it's possible they've kind of lost some of their edge. But I mean, they're saying all the right things. I think it was Lester that was like. Uh, honestly, we haven't done shit yet. All that, blah blah blah. You know, you know, John. What I've been noticing lately, a lot of pro athletes have just started cursing in their interviews. Have you have you seen this? A lot of people just say like shit, and especially baseball players, but yeah. some like golfers and hockey players as well. It's interesting. I mean, that's that's cool. They're allowed to do that. They're they're uh, grown men playing their their sports or whatever. But I think they'll uh, they'll be good. It, it's a lot like last season where they're gonna go. I think as the rotation goes, and it, the playoffs are weird because if you're not really playing your best baseball, you're gonna get beat by a team like the Mets or the Blue Jays or whoever. I mean, it's we'll see. We'll see what happens. It kind of sucks. You can win what 103, 104 games, whatever they won. 103, I think. Um, and still, your season can be over in five games if you if you lose or four games, right? Because a seven game series. Um, so we'll see. I, I've been obviously more in the uh, Ole Miss football realm for the past couple of months here, but I'll definitely watch some playoff baseball when there's you know nothing else on. I have two I'll TVs keep, as well. So I'll keep an eye. Rangers play at let's see four thirty Eastern Thursday and then one o'clock Friday. So I'm gonna basically miss the. It's gonna be hard to watch most. Of it. I guess I'll see the end the end of the end of game one. Mm-hmm. They're set, range set up well with Hamels and Darvish up front. They have experienced lineup. Can the back of the pen be consistent? I think they can. I mean, if they get the Blue Jays, it'll be interesting because there's bad blood from last year. There's bad blood from earlier in the year. Yeah, they have they, they have not they have not played since Rudinando just jacked the crap out of uh, Jose Bautista. So yeah, that's a, that's that's a, that's the definition of bad blood. I'd say. It would be an interesting series, I think. Anybody, yeah, I'm cheering for that too, just for the pure drama. Of I think that every non Oriole fan is interested to see how that unfolds. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, there's another thing before we uh, before we wrap here, we're get, we're getting back to the uh, the actual subject of this podcast, which is of course Ole Miss sports. I don't know if you saw Andy Kennedy and Sebastian Saez had media opportunities today, and um, if. If I was going to ask you, John, what piece of news could come out of this that would surprise you? I think we got one that you might not be expecting. Uh, Sebastian Saiz claims to be shooting 55% from three during practice. And Andy Kennedy said he's basically going to be a volume three shooter this year and to look for that. Andy Kennedy said that? Yeah, he said uh, he said, he said uh, Sebastian's going to hit a lot of threes this season. That's something that you guys, talking to the reporters, don't know about his game. Uh, but he's been working really hard on it. Basically, he said those threes that went to uh, 
what's his face? The Liberty, Tomas, Giello, those threes last year, yeah. those are going to be Seabass this year. Uh, I mean, he's going to get wide open looks. That's what happens when you rotate around like that. So that's going to be interesting. I'm excited. I hope that that does come to pass. I love Sebastian. Kind of sad he's a senior, honestly. I, I feel like it was just yesterday he was a little, like, giant freshman from Spain. But uh, he's got a lot to do this season. He's going to have to carry the team until they gel with Burnett and all the rest of those new guys playing together. It's going to be on Seabass in the beginning. Um, trying to think what else came out of those interviews. Uh, Colin Neal looks good, according to Andy Kennedy. He said Burnett's going to fill that moody role like we've been thinking he's going to. He said that he didn't want Burnett taking quite as many threes as Marshall and Moody took, um, but he seemed to imply he was going to make up for it with a mid-range and short-range game, but we'll see. Um, th- have you looked at some of these, the, the guys they brought in, the size on some of these guys? Like the two European guys, one seven-foot, uh, the other one is 6'6", six, six, and then they got that freshman that's 6'9". I mean, he added some real size to the team in the offseason. Cullen Neal is a 6'5 point guard. I have not studied it closely. I'll watch the videos after this, after we're done recording here. But Yeah, Carlos Sillens is the other, uh, he's the Latvian freshman. I he's think 6'10". they should be, I mean. I think they'll be good. This is one of those years where good. AK does something. You know, he, he yeah. likes to make a splash in the down years, I guess you could say, like, you know, the year after Marshall left, we were good. I think the year after Moody leaves, we're going to be good. He, he puts together these teams of transfers, upperclassmen, freshmen. Uh, he gets them to play together. I, I have high hopes for this team. I haven't looked too much at the schedule, um, but I think they'll have a lot of pieces for him to play with. We'll this see. should be, I mean, it, it just it feels like to, to me, maybe this perception-wise is, He's got a building to recruit to now. It definitely so, helps. And he's able to and we've seen an uptick in the people he's been able to bring in. Mm-hmm. And there's an opportunity to be in the top four in the SEC in basketball because it doesn't take a it just oh, takes absolutely, something. yeah. And Andy now is kind of I mean people people all of a sudden they open a new building and the bitching about Andy goes down. <laughs> it's the it's damnedest true. thing. It's true. So was it Andy or was it the building? You know, I mean, so I it just it, it's uh, it's it's opposite of what you would think. You would I think, know, oh, right. open a new building, anything. They'd be like, oh, this is a cool place to watch a game. And people are like, oh, I'm happy with going to basketball games now. Oh, this is really exciting. Yeah. Oh, oh we're, Moody, we're recruiting Moody's better. interesting. And what Andy was able to get out of that team last year with one and a half players, more yeah. or less, and a couple guys. I mean, so that's something else. Patrick Norris. Seba says he's recovered from his injury, so that's good news. He was not, you know, 100% last season with his eyes. Yeah, go back to Fitzpatrick Dorsey. They'll be be better at every position on the floor except for – Shooting guard probably. Or point point guard, whatever Moody Moody, played last season. uh, DeAndre Burnett should be good, yeah. He should be good, so yeah. Another thing, I just counted on the schedule 23 TV games this season. That's got to be a record for Ole Miss. Wow. That's a lot. I, I think, hmm, you know, this could be this would be a good spot to end on. Yeah, this football team could go ten and two. Now I don't know if they if I bet on them too, but I think they I think they can. There's not a game they can't lose down the stretch. Realistically, if they get through Arkansas, LSU. A and M, obviously. That's that's those are the hurdles that are left. I would say everybody else they should be able to outscore moderate to easily. We can't cakewalk Auburn because they need to make sure they can block their front their front. But yeah, agree. 
Basketball should be pretty good. Baseball's got a, got a lot of young talent coming in. Probably one of the – argue it's going to be – from a talent standpoint, it's going to be one of the – probably the best the Ole Miss Big Three have ever been. And from a win-loss standpoint, that would be pretty damn good. The opposite of 2011 where nobody made a postseason. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, the football team is trending up. They're young. Assuming Shea Patterson is a viable replacement for Chad Kelly down the road, I feel good about the team. They, he's going to need to be good because they're going to be thin on – they're going to keep being thin on defense for a couple of years because this yeah. recruit well, – and, this... and then you add in the sanctions that are coming. I mean, the defense might be a problem for the foreseeable future, but we're going to find out. Um, um, they get on the December docker or whatever the heck. Uh, we'll yeah, see. That's a good one. Um, but we we like the basketball team. I think they got some some young guys as well, recruiting pretty well. And then we love the baseball signing class. So yeah, I mean things are things are in a good position until you remember that you know Ole Miss is going to get the death penalty in all sports soon and be forced to uh, to close as an entire school probably. But as long as we avoid that, you know, I think the teams are in pretty good shape. Yep. Um, all right, well, we'll wrap our short bye week episode there for now. Um, unless you got anything else you want to talk about, John? Nope, that'll do it. Yeah, just a, a little quick, a little quick Memphis recap for y'all and uh, looking around the SEC. Thanks, John, for uh, for joining me and for providing your insights. As always, it's nice to have someone on that you know watches the games and understands sports and stuff like that. It really helps me as the host of a sports show. Um, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at SparksAFTRDark. Subscribe on iTunes. That's a really important one if you want to get the show delivered every week to your phone. Um, check out our website, LandTracksAfterDark.com. You can look at any uh, old episodes, contact info, anything like that you need to find. But for now, for John, I'm Justin. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Um, we'll talk to you again in about a week, and we'll talk about anything that happened here in Olympus' bye week and look ahead to Arkansas. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.